everyone, welcome back to another episode of Sleezoids, the podcast where we go down the rabbit hole of 20th century genre fare from the most influential canon classics to the trashiest exploitation films we can get our hands on and invite you to tag along in helping us create a canon of sleaze. Each week is a double feature grindhouse style where we discuss two films loosely related by subject, genre, actor, filmmaker, or franchise at the end of each episode along with our honorary Sleezoids, which you can become by subscribing on Patreon. Do it. Nailed it. We decide on all the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover. Patreon subscribers also get an honor shout out and two bonus episodes every single month which we have been doing definitely for over a year now there's 25 or 26 bonus episodes if you haven't made the jump to patreon there's a ton of episodes waiting back there for you and speaking of which we do have two patrons to shout out this week and that is joey broey that's an awesome i don't think that that's his (laughs) real name but it definitely welcome we appreciate you and also rawl underscore pud which yeah. I think is a spoonerism of Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of fake signups. I don't know what these guys are doing. <laughs> but Keep, we appreciate you yeah, regardless. But thanks so much for, for joining and getting all those bonus episodes. Uh, that's the one plug. The other plug, as always, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, whatever you're listening all to us it. on, whatever podcast listener of choice. If we're not on it, first of all, yell at us. Yes, uh, let us know. Second of all, I think we're on it. So check for us because I'm yeah. pretty sure we're there. And third of all, if you're on iTunes and you've been taking the show, give us a good old rating and review over there. Please Helps do. us find new listeners, and we appreciate that just as much as we do our uh, our, our patronage. Yes. Um, anyway, those are your plugs for the week. They are out of the way. Uh, two weeks ago would have been the last time you guys, free listeners, would have heard from us, and we would have been talking Arnold. Arnie, baby. We had Chris Cabin on from the We Hate Movies podcast. It was that great was having him on, and he brought on uh, the origins of one Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 1977 documentary Pumping Iron. Mm-hmm. We got to see a, a bit of his sort of uh, jock asshole side <laughs> yeah. as he undermined one Lou Ferrigno and, uh, and sabotaged showed a us bunch kind of, of that he was like just the like a really large sociopath. <laughs> yep, uh, it was it was a lot of fun seeing that side of him. <laughs> Uh, and then seeing him uh, sort of post-career, post-action movie career in 1993's Last Action Hero, where yeah. he sort of uh, uses that image to his advantage and, and subverts it in a, in a lot of ways. And I think Chris pitched it as the episode where, or the two movies where Arnold is objectively the villain. Yes. Uh, of of the two movies. And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger himself, which I really yes, enjoy. Yes, like, Arnold in Schwarzenegger in, in, in a very hero. meta way. Because, yeah. yeah, in Last Action Hero, it's the, the character Arnold plays, Jack Slater, is the hero, but yeah. he is not very happy with uh, his own meets, creator, Arnold <laughs> yeah. Schwarzenegger, who brings him nothing but pain. Yeah, those were great. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, the episode two weeks ago. If you haven't heard that one yet, it's for free. Whatever podcast listener of choice, that was two yes. weeks ago. Uh, but last week, patrons, you'd have got a very special episode for your bonus episode last week, and that was... Uh, a discussion on the first three Hellraiser films. Yeah. Uh, I had never seen any one. of them. Jamie had only seen the first the one. First one yeah. I was very Big curious fan. about this franchise, so we watched uh, Hellraiser 1, we watched Hellraiser 2, Hellbound, and Hellraiser 3, Hell, Hell on, on Earth. Earth. Fitted, fit the double Which, Hell uh, in, in, in as many titles as we can. Which we were can. shocked to see, hear that the, the third one is like a lot of people's favorites, but not for us. I heard <laughs> from a couple people that they really like it, and I was like, hmm, 
hmm, okay. Yeah, fair uh, enough. So if you want to hear our reasons <laughs> on that one, uh, you can, uh, that's patreon.com slash podcast, as we've already mentioned. So yeah, again, three Hellraiser movies. We did a three, I think that's the first time we just did three movies just flat. I for, think so. For not, for not a reason. Yeah, because the Death Wish one would have been uh, with yeah. the theater as yeah. well. The, when the we new talked one. about the new Death Wish, yeah. which we will not relitigate the new Death Wish. It's <laughs> no, not going to happen. You've heard it enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this week, we have another special guest coming on with us. Uh, she is a writer uh, on, on, on horror films uh, at all kinds of places, but uh, also Dread Central. We've had a couple people on who... Uh, our, our, our friends in, in that side of the, the yeah. horror website and, and horror movie site sphere. Uh, we have Michelle uh, Swap. Swope. I did two. And I, I even <laughs> asked before the show. God damn it. Okay. Sorry about that. You weren't that. confident in the delivery. <laughs> I know. We went over this. I know. We practiced and everything. I'm so embarrassed. All right. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, conf- confirm for me what it actually is. And then tell us, Michelle. <laughs> What two films that you've brought with you and why you've paired those films together? Uh, it should be Swope, like Rope. Swope. That right. makes so much sense. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, it won't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for having me, by the way. Of course. Thanks for coming. Sure. Uh, for my double feature, I went with the satanic detective genre. And I decided to bring on one of my absolute favorite movies ever, and that's Angel Heart from 1987. And I paired that with the Ninth Gate from 1999. Perfect. Beautiful. And uh, we were we were. I mean, I had never actually even heard of either of these movies before, which was totally my bad somehow. Yeah. Uh, but I was glad to see that they were both Satan because we have an addiction <laughs> on this show to Satan movies. <laughs> yeah, we've had quite uh, a few episodes. <laughs> too many, too many Satan movies, in my opinion, or maybe not enough. <laughs> I think not enough. Yeah. We'll I think see we how it goes, it but just by total happenstance, we have talked about Satan more on this show than I've ever talked about <laughs> Satan in my life, yeah. and I am happy to do it again here. Uh, Angel but Heart. we talked about Satan and detectives. And detective? No, we haven't done that. No, this is new. Very, and I was surprised that that there were even uh, as many movies as there were that be, could, could be considered detective <laughs> yeah. Satan movies. But very cool genre, uh, very specific subgenre. And very cool to see it. And so, yeah, so that's that's Angel Heart directed by Alan Parker. It was 1987. And The Ninth Gate, Roman Polanski, 1999. And I think I think we're just going to jump right into it. Angel yeah, Heart? Let's do it. Trying to pin it on me. The flesh is weak. <laughs> Only the soul is immortal. <laughs> Did you kill him? You gotta burn for this angel. You gotta burn for this angel. In hell, now, now. Every angel has been hired to search for the truth. Pray he doesn't find it. Angel Heart. All right, we are talking Angel Heart, the 1987 American psychological horror film, a uh, uh, adaptation of the William. Hjortsberg, 1978 novel called Falling Angel. Okay. Uh, written and directed by one Alan Parker, uh, famously of uh, Mississippi Burning, um, Pink Floyd, The Wall. Oh, yeah. A lot of people have seen that. Uh, and also Midnight Express. But Angel Heart is a uh, New York and New Orleans set neo-noir 
uh, 50s uh, neo-noir uh, with lots of sweat and period detail, a very grimy, scummy atmosphere. Yeah. And it stars one uh, Mickey Rourke, who I will confess, this is the first time I had actually seen a young Mickey Rourke. Me too. Uh, Old school Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and uh, I knew before I turned the movie on that Mickey Rourke was the star and I could see that they were being like, this guy is the star. And I was like, hmm, that doesn't look like Mickey Rourke to me. Yeah, uh, real. And so I was, I was a little shocked at that part, uh, but I, got, I adjusted pretty fast because he plays uh, a character named Mr. Harry Angel, a, oh. a, a private eye who is investigating a missing, missing persons case. Uh, who has been paid for by a mysterious man named Louis Cipher, who is played by <laughs> Robert De Niro, who has <laughs> said to have yes, some great fingernails and a, 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 a classic great hair. '80s man bun, <laughs> uh, a very very uh, classically trimmed black beard. Oh yeah, uh, he is said Something to have modeled suave. the look after uh, Martin Scorsese. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Which, to be fair, he that is what Martin Scorsese kind of looked like in the late seventies yeah, and eighties. Yeah. Like Taxi Driver, he has that scene. He's got the you know I had forgotten beard. about that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot that until you said it. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of an interesting turn for him, uh, and we shall say that uh, this is a very twisty, turny neo noir that g- goes into, as we've already said, yeah. into occult territory. Uh, very cool film, but Michelle, maybe you want to walk us through, uh, your early take on this one. Um, well, I didn't, I, I've always been into thrillers and, and, you know, horror obviously. And, uh, it just seemed, it, it looked cool. Like I said, I can't remember the trailer exactly, but mm-hmm. I saw the trailer and said, I have to go see this. It looks really cool. And so I saw it and I loved it and I wouldn't shut up about it. Like I told everyone I knew, you've got to go see this movie. And literally none of my friends cared at the time. I remember. Um, so I'm glad that since 1987, people have come to love this film because it's, it's so brilliant. Um, you know, the style, the way it's shot, the music, the bluesy music, the, the whole sense of dread throughout the whole thing and all the symbolism. There's so much symbolism in this movie that you actually might need to see it a couple of times to pick up on all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I definitely wanted to rewatch it basically right when I finished it, especially yeah. because the ending <laughs> comes very suddenly and we'll get to that perhaps a little yeah, bit Yeah. They later. really just wrap it up all in like a 10 minute, just there it is. Yeah, And, and, and they leave you and you're just yeah. like, what? Yeah, yeah it's, it is <laughs> and, pretty and, devastating. And, and even the the ending happens during the credits too, which is <laughs> yeah, even crazier. And you're just so yeah. Uh, but anyway, Watching before we get to the big crazy ending, yeah, of course, uh, we, we we shall say that this this mostly operates and uh, and how you would expect a, a a noir to operate. It's a lot of uh, a perpetually disheveled. Uh, seemingly hungover Mickey Rourke in a trench coat, <laughs> wandering New York, uh, a lot of hard boiled uh, dialogue happening. Uh, and he's got a thing about chickens. It's the thing <laughs> yeah. about detective. They, yeah. all, they have always got like that one little quirk and, and Mickey Rourke's is that he's, he's not crazy about chickens, but he, it's a very charismatic performance from, from him. Uh, yeah, even though he incredible. looks, uh, very much, uh, kind of like, I would say on edge, not particularly relaxed even before the movie starts. (laughs) And then as he takes on what is a seemingly small missing, missing persons case, uh, we'll say that the corpses start piling on very conveniently, uh, and very, (laughs) very very quickly. Um, 
and uh, a lot of dread and danger is immediately sort of uh, injected in into the film, and especially in what I what I was very impressed by is a very quiet performance for Robert De Niro, which is even more unsettling. Yeah, he only has a few scenes really, and I mean he takes them when when he's when he's when he's there. But uh, <laughs> I was surprised to not see him more than than you do no he, he has he has a few scenes and he again he's uh considering the fact that as we get into sort of the twists of the movie he's playing a very supernatural character yeah he's playing maybe one of the most restrained performances of that supernatural character yeah. i've i've seen <laughs> that's true that's a good point. Uh, it's a lot of just uneasy he has his his, his he's like picking apart a hard-boiled egg with his nails. Yeah. And like, it just seems like a hardened businessman <laughs> as the devil, you know, he's just making bargains and stealing souls. <laughs> the scene with the eggs is actually my favorite scene in the entire movie. I'm kind of obsessed with that scene. Oh, it's and so good. If you notice his fingernails actually get longer as the movie goes on. I didn't spot that, but that's cool. I'm, yeah. I was like, so obsessed. The first time I saw it with his fingernails, I was like, Oh, what is going on with his fingernails? Like, this is so creepy. And then, you know, the scene with the eggs and, and what that symbolizes, uh, how, you know, it, it actually represents the souls that he's taken. Yeah. And then he just eats yeah. one. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. He just takes that big bite out of it. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's a pretty creepy moment. Absolutely. Well, and uh, another group, detail about that scene too is that uh, at one point while he's fixing his egg up he's putting salt on it and he spills salt on the table and yeah. uh mickey rourke uh oh, yeah, picks yeah. up the salt and throws it over his shoulder and so like you know it's that it's, yeah. that, it's that bad luck kind of thing but typical mm. belief a reason on why that's bad luck and what you're doing is that you're throwing salt into the devil's face that oh, the devil's really? over your shoulder. I didn't know that. And part he picks of this. up salt, and you're like blinding him with salt. Oh, that's, that's like very that's cool. actually where that came from. So then it yeah. gets super cool when you get into yeah. where this. I didn't even know that it was effective. <laughs> um, but what sort of start, sort of starts happening is while he's a uh, Mickey Rourke's character, Harry Angel, he's looking for this uh, this guy Johnny Favorite. Yeah, who is uh, a character who has some, somehow ruined a contract or ruined some sort of deal uh, for Robert De Niro's Louis Cipher. Um, and he, he kind of realizes that this Johnny favorite who has disappeared has very clearly intentionally disappeared for a reason. He kind of follows a paper trail of all of these people who have been trying to escape. Uh, and as he's interviewing them one by one, looking for this Johnny favorite, all of these people are being murdered off, uh, seemingly minutes after he's interviewed them. Yeah. <laughs> In um, really gruesome ways too, I might add. No, very gruesome. You're exactly <laughs> right on that. Um, how does that, how does that first guy die? I think I have it written down. Did you? <laughs> the first guy? Yeah. The, the, the one that he interviews at the, uh, like sort of like, it seems like at the hospital of some sort. Oh yeah. His eyes are taken out. That's, oh yeah. I believe. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, why did I forget about that guy? Oh my God. I have everybody else on my list. His eyes yeah, are taken and out. And then I think he <laughs> places a gun next to him. So it looks like he committed suicide, even yeah. though he's doing this all, uh, you know, that's what I do. I, I take my gun when I'm about to commit suicide and then I like pull my eyes out or something. <laughs> yeah. Generally two individual eye holes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's interesting when I think when he goes to the next guy's place, you, you actually see like eyeballs in the closet too. Yeah. And like in monkey heads and like yeah. nailed uh, crosses, yeah. like with nails all the way through them and stuff like that. When he, when this kind of uh, translates over, because the movie starts in New York when he's getting his case, and it eventually moves all the way over to New Orleans where he's investigating uh, where Johnny Favorite left to. Yeah. And we start to incorporate a little bit of kind of a, 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 a bit of voodoo uh, 
uh, yeah. cult-like behavior. Which is really big uh, in, uh, in, in, in New Orleans. We start talking or New, about New Orleans, yeah. the witches of Wellesley. There's a there's a, a blues guitar player named Tootsweet who is involved in this conspiracy. Yeah, uh, there's and just they the, has he has the pentagram on his tooth <laughs> and his gold tooth. Yeah, there, there's a lot of really cool small details to the way that they've kind of because I mean I believe they shot the New York stuff in Harlem and then they eventually went to New Orleans to do a lot of the yeah. the rest of this. So they're, what they're, I thought was cool too is it's like once they get to New Orleans, Orleans too you really start to feel that uh that supernatural effect like the first half in New York feels very much that just neo-noir yeah you know and then it just starts to carefully transfer over to the supernatural and just what the hell is going on here which well, is yeah, very cool I, I mean it also helps changes. that it has a bit of that southern flavor to it and a little yeah. a, a lot of a lot of sweat and heat starts to right. affect the picture yeah, a little I was bit. gonna say yeah. it's really hot there apparently because everyone the rest of the movie everyone is sweating profusely but <laughs> yeah it doesn't take away from the film but <laughs> No, I, you're you're absolutely right, and that's like a that's a, a huge part of it. It's why a lot of these people are. Uh, as soon as we start to see uh, skin, it's either covered in sweat or it's covered in blood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's I gotta say it's it's pretty unpleasant after a while. I was quite shocked actually at how gruesome the film was. Uh, at a certain point uh it's it's it was it's because i mean like we like to say that maybe you can't be shocked anymore but sometimes when i watch a movie like this i'm shocked at what they were able to get away with uh under Mm. the r rating um because i i gotta say as soon as they start getting into like people uh being uh, mutilated and and ruthlessly murdered off i mean that uh, really got me even that like i've you know you've seen it before i think we even saw it in uh the second halloween movie that we that we reviewed was the guy that's being boiled in the the gumbo i I just first of all an amazing image and an amazing joke (laughs) and also horrifying (laughs) absolutely yeah Well, like, I believe that. Well, also creepy though is the sex scene that Mickey Work has with Lisa Bonet. Oh, horrifying! Yeah. He's yeah. still super hot, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Always, I've been a fan of hers forever, but um, that that sex scene with the blood going everywhere was really um, controversial at the time. I remember, you know, I thought it was cool, but um, <laughs> people were like, "Oh no, you can't see this. You can't watch this." And, and they, I know that they did have to cut that scene down to keep it from getting uh, the film from getting an X rating. Yeah. What's, what's especially I think shocking about that too, is it starts off as like, you know, just a a kind of normal sex scene, like they're into each other. Right. And then as it progresses, it just gets more and more violent and more like demonic almost. And you know, the water turns into blood rather than just blood starts to come out. It's like the, the water I think that's leaking from the roof just starts to become blood. And like that transformation into, you know, somewhat passionate loving sex into just demonic well, it, crazy and, violent and, and, aggression. Yeah, and, and, and it's also it's that really Hollywood jarring. sex scene where it's like lovingly going up and down like the, the, the their sides. Yeah, right, uh, right. Yeah. While they're like sweating and, and passionate and all of this. Yeah. And then how fast that de- turns into like just like <laughs> just a, this the, weirdly depraved like yeah. cult yeah. orgy. <laughs> and the, the he's he's having flashes of, of images of, of like cult behavior and other right. kinds of mutilations and um, that that red glowing light that's coming out of the uh, New York apartment and all of this. Yeah, that just um, keeps flashing. It, that that flashback happens quite a bit throughout the film. Yeah, and then he's having image images up. of of him strangling her uh, and right. things like this, yeah. and it's it, it's really really horrifying uh, scene. And I know that it was particularly shocking shocking for people at the time because Lisa Bonet was uh, on the Cosby Show. 
oh, which was wow. a family friendly show. And, <laughs> yeah. and this and this was <laughs> definitely a first. And this was her yeah. first film role. Oh my it's god! Sure, she it went sure for it. Wasn't. Lisa Bonet got wild in this movie. I'm telling you. Yeah, well, she, she actually got fired Cosby. from the Cosby Show for it. Really? I mean, yeah. She had the Cosby Show. It, that's right. She sure did. I forgot about that. Oh my yeah. god! That's because crazy. She, they 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 fired her because she went topless in a movie, and they were like, "Well, yeah. we can't have that. You ruined your character's image for our like." Oh wow! They sure did. Show. I'm surprised, <laughs> like, because nowadays don't they kind of they they almost have those set up where it's like you can't do this while you're on this show. Maybe they just didn't have that, you know, in there back in the day. I don't know. I don't think they expected her to go out and make Angel Heart. <laughs> yeah, very good point. I don't think Bill Cosby thought that was going to happen. <laughs> very good point. <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah, it was really controversial at the time because, um, you know, I, I've watched the Cosby show and the, the spinoff that she actually had a different world. I don't even know if you guys have heard that show, but, um, yeah, so this was so shocking, and, and you're right. I forgot uh, she did get fired. <laughs> but um, but she's great in worth the, in it. The- worth it. Uh, she, she, hell she, of a performance. She, she kills it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's incredible in this. Um, and she has uh, she actually has a decent amount to do, especially mm-hmm. when they when he makes his way to New Orleans and he's investigating all of these all of these leads about people who were related to Johnny Favorite. Uh, Charlotte Rampling makes an appearance as uh, sort of like the girl that he ran off with, but was abandoned um, for a mistress who turned out to be Lisa Bonet's mother. So right. then he finds out that Johnny Fa- Lisa, Lisa Bonet is Johnny Favorite's daughter. Um, which is a very important detail. Yes, <laughs> right, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and and turns a really uh, like a, a noir trope of kind of like the, the the detective getting very involved with a woman who is central to the case, mm, and yeah. really flips that on its head into something uh, uniquely horrifying. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> very uniquely horrifying. And and it's interesting because this does feel like it's operating in the realm of of a noir where he's investigating cases, and and it has that kind of yeah. noir sense of humor yep. where you are the disheveled detective. I love that uh, interview that he does on the beach. Yeah, and the big wide image. <laughs> the of, guy like keeps scratching himself. And yeah, all that. and the yeah. guy who gives him like the the sun protector, the the nose guard that he wears throughout the, the rest of the, the movie too, which is just a great little like comedic <laughs> addition to every scene where he has the nose guard. I exactly. don't know why it is, but it's funny. There's <laughs> well, like no, a charm and, and, to and it. that's very typical of the noir of yeah. where the, the the private detective really has a personality in comparison right. to a lot of the sort of you know sort of uniform police force. Something who I a found lot of time cool and different against. in this one because we you know we did Maltese Falcon and we did Double Indemnity. Just, which is like yeah. core, you know, noir movies. Um, and with with the leads, although they always had a bit of like that subtle dicky thing, yeah, they were still like uh, I didn't I didn't feel I, I still felt like they had uh, confidence within themselves and like they were you you know th- they felt that they were right about things and whatever. Whereas yeah. this guy, he feels like a lot, you know, a little bit more timid, a little bit weaker in that sense where something is traumatic in the back of his head. And I feel like that's pushing through throughout the whole movie. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Well, I, I, I also feel that I, cause I think you're right, but I also think it's a case of, this is a case of a private detective movie where things more or less happen to him. Oh, a lot a of, a lot point. of private detective point. stuff yeah. is they have a lot of agency and they have right. a lot of, um, they make a lot of the choices and a lot of the time it's also out of like a sense of curiosity. Yeah. It's like they keep going deeper and deeper. Whereas this, he is contacted by this guy yeah. and a lot of the time he tries to like 
pull out of it. Cause he's just like, mm. I don't really hey. want to do this. And it's like, dude, you should have trusted your instincts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. but he, he keeps getting tricked by the amount of money because he seems like he's, he's kind of running low. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be probably the worst thing that he yeah, could have done. Maybe that's what the difference is. Like this yeah, guy just seems like not being, in control. That's really what it is. Right. You know? He's kind of being taken along for the ride yeah. in this movie and he's not enjoying any of it. Right. And you're not used okay. to seeing the detective go through that yeah. in the noir right. film, at least the ones that I've seen. I'm not very, you know, well-versed in it, but <laughs> no, I, no I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, no, I think, I, I think you're right that it's like, there's, there, there is something interesting happening with, with, you know, Mickey Rourke's lack of control over yeah. this film. And I think it's important when we get to the eventual <laughs> reveals that Definitely. we get to, which, uh, 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 may I mean eventually? I guess I guess maybe we should just do it because we keep talking around it. Yeah, but sure. we should get to the idea that basically, <laughs> over the course of this uh, of of this film, he he's searching for this guy named Johnny Favorite. He's interviewing all of these people, uh, and he but he keeps having these the you know he sees these this weird cult like behavior, and he's having these weird flashes of of like he's not sure if memories or or other sort of cult behavior that's maybe uh, sort of in, imposing on him a little bit, yeah. haunting him a little bit. Uh, and what we kind of eventually learn is that he is Johnny favorite. Yeah. And that, which leads uh, to a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen the movie and you're thinking, well, didn't he, uh, didn't he have sex with that one girl? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And, 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 and that, that comes back to pretty shocking effect as, yes. uh, Lewis Cipher, uh, Robert De Niro's character, uh, turns out to be Lucifer. What? What crazy <laughs> Satan. No uh, way. Yeah. And, Shocking. He, he is owed a soul from one Johnny favorite and to avoid giving his soul to the devil, which he sold, I guess, I think it's developed that he, he sold it so that he could learn like magic tricks really well. Yeah. He wanted to be a magician. I yeah. Think. <laughs> which I always which thought like, the whole thing was being a, like a rock star. Yeah, not, not, not the most <laughs> metal use of selling but your he, soul in my opinion. But he, but he, he also dabbled in uh, like voodoo in the occult, which are two separate things. There's a bunch of different religious themes in this film mm. not just one particular religion there's yeah. several going on Johnny Favorite dabbled in all that stuff and that's how he managed to um, you know uh, stay, hide from the devil for this long okay. okay until he catches up with him because he was doing some black magic stuff yeah so, he, so he's, he's sort of left this trail yeah, of, yeah. of voodoo and occult like behavior in his wake exactly. trying to avoid Satan but right. Satan's coming for his soul uh, and what he does is kind of like a last ditch effort to uh, avoid Satan is he finds a young uh, World War II veteran uh, in uh, Harry Angel and he takes him. He I believe he eats his heart. Yep. And replaces basically somehow basically replaces it with his own and in, inhabits yeah. his body, puts his own soul into Harry Angel's uh, body. Uh, and then because of that, some sort of, I guess, uh during the process of transferring bodies, there's a little bit of Johnny favorite sometimes takes control Harry angel, but Harry angel is not a hundred percent aware of it. Yeah. Uh, and when we get all of the flashbacks, which I heard is a bit of a, uh, divergence from the novel actually. Um, Oh really? Uh, that Harry angel actually did commit all of the murders or most of the murders that we saw across the scene, all of those flashes of him committing all those murders and remembering committing the murders is pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, but, that's kind of like the big 
the the big thing and then you have to go back and you have to think about everything you've seen so far in the film it's that big yeah, kind of ending where you're like holy shit um but it's a really big deal because it it, it puts into context uh harry angel feeling like he's on like this slower descent that he has no control over mm-hmm. because he his body and his soul has already been pre-sold to the devil yeah. uh, for him right. uh, and he's basically so we're looking at a movie about a guy who's already a, a lamb that's been led to the slaughter before he even knows it and we're basically just watching him kind of like rage against that unawares um, yeah. uh, which is, uh, to be honest, it's a pretty horrifying claustrophobic feeling. And I think that the movie very in its style, very viscerally captures that sense of that kind of like fatalistic attitude of something bad has been here the whole time and it's coming for me and yeah. then, oh shit, it's here and it's over. Yeah. And I love that the movie just ends on that. It's just, yeah, it's suddenly it's how, over and you're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not to yeah. mention how his character just kind of like accepts that. Like he, you know, he walks into the room and sees his his daughter and the two other detectives that are like, "You're gonna burn." His for daughter, this. who he's just had sex with and then murdered. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. unconscious. Like, yeah, like without him even knowing, he did yeah. this subconsciously, and he's walking into a room of the aftermath. So it's just like that kind of devastation, and then the sadness in him just kind of having to basically accept the fate because mm-hmm. they're just like, "You're gonna burn for this," and he's like, "I know," in hell. And he's crying, and he's and, he, and it's it's very traumatic, and it's just like uh, it's it's just sad. It's 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 pure sadness to oh, see yeah, this well, man have to accept something that he really had no like agency over. Yeah, no, at least yeah, the one guy, exactly. obviously and, Johnny favorite did. <laughs> and what you said, I think you said this earlier, Josh. I think um, that you wanted to watch it again when you got to the end, and that's how I felt the first time I saw it because. You know, if you're if you're paying attention in the movie, there's there's not just the thing with uh, Robert De Niro peeling the eggs with his fingernails. There's fans literally everywhere in this movie, like ceiling fans. You know, those old box fans. Every other scene, there is a fan, and I, I know when you're watching the movie, you're like, "What the hell are all these fans about? <laughs> you know, what's going on with that? Why are they so ominous? <laughs> yeah. Right? Why are there all these ominous fans in this movie? But they actually come to represent something. Um, and then there's also a lot of staircases. If you notice, there's a lot of like curving staircases, and those also uh, come to be significant by the end of the film. And I think that's the thing that I I thought was so cool about this movie is that there was so much symbolism and there was so much to think about, you know, that I did want to go back and see it again immediately. And and I did. And, um, I've seen it, I don't know how many times over the years because it just really makes you think. And, you know, especially that first time, because you're just the first time you're just on board with the detective himself. You're just, you don't know anything, you know, you're just kind of there. So you're not necessarily looking for every little, little symbol and all, and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. things will subtly pop up. So that's, yeah, that second watch I bet is, is uh, a treat. No, I mean, yeah. There's gotta be a lot to take. From it. I'm definitely <laughs> excited for it because yeah, you're, you're right. It, it all relates back to the sort of the final images of the film, yeah. which I was, uh, really impressed at, uh, because I couldn't believe it when all of a sudden it just came up cast and I was like, oh, yeah. that's it? That's, and yeah. then, and then yeah. I, I was I'm glad I kept watching because during the credits, you get a very slow descent in this very sort of like uh, rickety iron shaft elevator. Yeah. Um, uh, and and, and I, the implication is that he is descending finally into hell where he has been trapped. Right. Um, and, and you're right that all of a sudden this sort of rickety iron shaft is what he's kind of been envisioning almost this entire time in right. parts because there's lots of sort of like fans going off around it and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's very, 
there's this weird kind of like subterranean metallic thing happening there. And you Hmm. kind of get a sense throughout the entire film of not even just of images of tone, like this weird case of, uh, you feel, you feel trapped in a cage uh, while you're watching the movie. And that uh, it's a really interesting subversion of the noir because a lot of time the noir is, is a mystery and he's trying to figure out the case. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time it's true that the guy will regret figuring out the case in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, it's rare that they have to deal with it for an eternity. But, but yeah, well, in, yeah, in, in, in this regard, it's like the, the case itself was, was actually like the trap. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it, it, yeah. It, it's kind of it like just that, closing in on him the whole time. Yeah. It's kind of like that self-discovery, self-projection, self-realization, yeah. it's, uh, it's story too that the, where the realization is something you really want to forget the second. Right, I was going to say, it's like, it's pretty ironic that just he's figuring out the case. The more he figures out his case, the more he's screwed. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the closer he gets yeah. to the truth, the closer he gets exactly. to absolute trauma. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I mean, every sign points to it going wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. That, that that every time he interviews someone shortly after, their the, their their face is scorched and, and in burned brutal ways. off. Yeah. In a boiling pot of gumbo. Yeah. Uh, or, or or their hearts are are cut out and and eaten while they're still beating. Yeah. Or. Uh, and yeah, and when he comes back and he still sees the heart <laughs> right there, um, w- w- I'm, the one I'm glad we didn't see, but is still described <laughs> <laughs> is the one where he's like, well, technically he was asphyxiated with his own genitals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was too sweet. That's how, <laughs> that's how they found him after he interviewed him. Oh, yeah. Poor too sweet. He oh, didn't deserve Lord. that. No. I know. I know. Yeah, the thing about this movie, though, is is it's really cool. I mean, when you're watching it for a first time watch, it's it's cool. It's got the neo noir stuff. You know, there's all this weird shit going on. You, you know, you, you're just trying to figure out what's going on. And then, like you guys said, the way it just kind of ends, it kind of just slaps you in the face. Really. It does, really. Oh yeah. And, and you're like, wait a minute. You know, I, I just completely got. You know tricked or something i mean that's how i felt the first time i saw it i i was yeah and, and again i wanted to go back and watch it immediately because mm-hmm. I, I was all these little light bulbs started going off in my head oh my god you know what were all those fans what were the stairs you know and all these things and yeah there's just so much in this movie there's just so much to dissect i mean i could go on for days about oh, it but, and then oh. also the uh the little addition of the the child having the demon eyes <laughs> and earlier, I think she even mentions, she says something like, uh, like that child came from, like, she thinks God or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer to, to realize at the end, it seemed like the devil was the one <laughs> that did it, that yeah. did it. Um, <laughs> but like what a line she has where she, I think she says something like it was the best fuck I've ever had or something like that <laughs> too. And then you like, like yeah. find out that it's the devil at the end of it. And like, they, I don't even know why they really added that to be honest. I don't know how, how it correlated with with the the rest of uh, Harry's story necessarily, but mm. I don't know. Did you guys have like a take on why? Is it mostly just yeah. the devil's doing his, you know, doing his evil I deeds? Don't, I haven't read the book, so I don't know, uh, you know, how much they changed for the movie. Um, so I, mm. yeah, I kind of, I kind of, yeah, it does. I kind of tend to agree with you. It kind of seems like they could have just left that out. <laughs> it was and cool. It has, I mean, I liked seeing the baby with the demon eyes and stuff, but right. it just, it felt a little not like it didn't feel as connected with everything else. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious because do they mean Robert De Niro? Like, is Robert De Niro that's, going around? Well, that's like, what I thought. I thought it meant <laughs> like when she, cause she said that it was a. She assumed it was God, like the good God, right. <laughs> and uh, and with the demon baby having the eyes, I assumed it was actually De Niro. Right, but then, but it, also Charlotte Rampling's character mentioned something along those lines too, where she said something um, about how I think she said like Johnny Favorite. Maybe she's talking about Johnny Favorite. And she oh, said maybe, that, and maybe that, him himself is and that, that evil. And, and she's like he was a uh, terrific lover. But it he was the closest to evil I've ever come, or whatever. He says something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she was talking about Johnny Favorite because he wasn't a nice guy. No, you no, know he not. tried to. He was he was going around voodooing Satan. people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he tried yeah. to swindle Satan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was doing a lot of shady stuff, you know, and then tried to screw over the over the devil, you know, after selling his soul. So he, he was definitely not a nice guy. So yeah, she was talking about him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it's, it's clarified <laughs> that he's definitely the one who has committed all of the murders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I think, I think De Niro even has a, a great line at the end there where he said that, uh, you've been living on borrowed time in another man's memories. Yeah. Because Harry Angel is still in there. Um, and, th- yeah. and that's who we kind of get a POV POV from. It kind of reminded me actually, cause we just did it on the show not that long ago. Jacob's ladder a little bit. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, Especially how it unravels in the that. end. Oh um, yeah. No, J- Jacob's yeah. ladder is very much a, a sort of kind of like, it, it ha- doesn't have as much of the noir element. No. Um, right. it, but he it, is figuring things out. It has that element where he's like trying to figure out what the hell is going on in general. Yeah. It, it's, it's very much like someone trapped inside their own mind and their fate has kind of been predetermined for them. Yeah. And they haven't really figured yeah. it. They just have to kind of like yeah. come it's to, funny you say that, come to terms totally and, and accept too. that. Yeah. Well, it's just cause we watched it so recently. Yeah, right? yeah. Like I, I have that to helps. feel like Jacob's ladder must've come a little bit inspired. I think uh, so too. From from here too um but i think maybe we might angle a little bit towards the reductive rating round on this one which for sure. you michelle it's the part where we remove all the words all the nuance and we, we we give the movie a number between one and five but this is also turned into the closing statement section yeah so whatever you like to shut say. up <laughs> so make your final your give us maybe your your final thoughts or any scenes or any moments you haven't had a chance to bring up that you've wanted to uh, and, and give us your, your good old rating. That's what we do here. Uh, yeah. So for me, this is a pretty high four for me. Nice. Um, I, I ended up really, really liking it, and I can't wait to uh, to check it out again because I... I it, 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 it sounds kind of like, I guess, a little conventional to say because there's so many... I feel like it's a big deal when people are like, it has like that twist ending that kind of like blows your mind. Yeah. And I don't know that it, it it was quite that for me. It was more of it just kind of like... Yeah. Re, it, it recontextualized my experience with the movie and yes. made me appreciate it more. because Absolutely. Because I was kind of noting how... What makes this unique from other noirs? And we were kind of talking about how, in this case, he feels even more o- o- in over his head than a usual... <laughs> the usual... The, that a usual private detective does um and and he feels a a a lack of agency a lack of control um and that as he sort of uh as the sort of ominous presence uh infects the film and sort of viscerally takes over the film as it transitions into horror because maybe that's one thing we didn't get to mention quite uh how horror this does go this is a full-fledged horror film and it's back oh absolutely absolutely Um, and that transition it makes that transition between the two genres really really smoothly Mm -hmm. uh and in a very distressing way (laughs) uh and yeah i i gotta say i was a really big 
big fan of this one, and uh, I'm always a big fan of when we when we get into Satan. I mean, I even yeah. like Devil's Advocate, which uh, yeah, but by my own admission has a, takes the courtroom drama and does something similar, but does it with a little bit more of a of, of a camp pleasure. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, whereas yeah, I would Al Pacino say just hamming it up. Well, and you got to say like Al Pacino goes so larger than life in that performance that I I really had to give props to De Niro for, for playing not, yeah. for playing it quiet. He was just this, for toning like, cool, it down. like dude rubbing his cane like just like well and it was deals. almost more ominous because you yeah, know absolutely. in some sense that you relate all of this evil stuff that's happening to him yeah but he's so calm and he's right. so relaxed and he, he because he's the one really in control he's of this in control whole situation the whole time exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah and there's never like his performance has that throughout you know there's never a weak point with with him he is in control this well, entire and, 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 it, and it matches his look which is yeah. very clearly thought through like yes. it's very meticulously trimmed his nails and his beard yeah. um and i i gotta say uh iconic when he lets that man bun down in oh, that final man. scene and he's got the full mane and everything yeah i was i was flabbergasted by that mane when he when he lets it out uh, with, with with the cane um and yeah so yeah i got i gotta say this is this was a really really fun watch uh and also uh fun in that kind of like noir sense that i love following <laughs> yeah. these kinds of movies it's a pretty dark and then <laughs> really really dark when it turns to horror because we already mentioned it but god that 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 sex scene seriously um, is is really really un- uneasy, and the way that it, it it invites you in in that kind of Hollywood passionate sex scene, and then yeah. he immediately like Turns really stylishly fractured yeah. edits it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it mines it for pure pure horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta say, I, I I was I was shook a little by that nice. one. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to give it a four as well. I, this was, this was great. The, what was cool about this movie for me was I was, I was on board with it throughout, but I wasn't, I just wasn't sure where it was going to lead or what it was doing. Um, and although the, the twist for some reason didn't necessarily like gut punch me by any means. Yeah. And just, I think, it, I think you said it earlier. It was kind of when the twist happens, you, your brain starts to realize all the things that happened previously and make those connections to that last 10 minutes. Mm. So it's not necessarily like a, a, you know, it's not that twist moment where you're just like mind blown or whatever. It, it very gradually explains these things to you. But as it expands, you just get more and more creeped out and and uh, and making those connections to the past. Well, because weirdly enough, if I have to make any argument, I think it uses the twist for its horror. Yeah. Is it's just like, what if yeah. all of a sudden it makes everything more, all horrific. of those things that were in the back of your head that you were, you were afraid of were true. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden every bit of control you felt you had was taken from you. And this whole life that you thought you had, you never really actually fully understood. Yeah. And, and it, it just, all of a sudden, all of that kind of like claustrophobic tone and that really visceral horror that you feel just, it makes sense. I felt mm. like the twist made sense Yeah. and absolutely. made, made everything matter more to me. So, well, yeah, I think that's like, it was an odd point where it's the twist is what made the movie make sense to me. It's like, like you just said, it's just, uh, most of the time when that twist happens, you're just like. Oh, I didn't see that coming. It's crazy. <laughs> this one, it was like, oh, it all—it's all coming together. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. The, the case. I, I'm seeing all the, right. the clues. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was really cool to see Mickey Rourke uh, do his thing, young and 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 pre Mickey Rourke, <laughs> what he is now. I mean, yeah. I don't know how to explain it other than that. <laughs> but uh, um, he was fantastic. His range is unbelievable in this movie. 
Um, and he's got to put on quite a unique performance as well, uh, given all the things that happened to this character. So, uh, so yeah, I thought it was great, and uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Beauty for you, Michelle. I'm going to give it a five uh, because nice. I've been a fan since the movie came out, and I have revisited this movie multiple times uh, since 1987, it never gets old for me. It's never not creepy to me. It's never not awesome to me. It's just, yeah, the the atmosphere in this movie, um, like you said, yeah. Mickey Work is phenomenal in this um, in this role of the old school Mickey Work. Um, some people might not be familiar with um, <laughs> today, but uh, and Robert De Niro, yeah, his performance, his somehow restrained. Uh, performance as Satan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good little, that was a great sentence. It's just weird to Rest, think about. Yeah. Like, what a restrained performance as from, from Satan. Satan yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just enjoyed that. I don't think I've ever seen anyone play Satan as like quiet. <laughs> restrained as and cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's cool though. He is cool. I mean, he's Robert De is really makes a really cool Satan. Yes, he um, does. But but yeah, what I, I like the the you know noir part of this movie, but I, I like a lot more the horror. Mm. Like you know when the sex scene went sideways and the blood starts dripping, I was like, this is awesome. You know, I mean, I yeah. like I like I tend to gravitate towards really dark, twisted movies, um, especially like if there's some some sort of like mystery element to it or something. Mm. You know, you're trying to figure out. Um, so yeah, this movie has just stuck with me my entire life basically. And, um, yeah, all the symbolism. I mean, yeah, we could talk about this movie all night and just and, and never <laughs> run out of things to talk about because there's just so much in the movie. So yeah, definitely yeah. a five for me. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, I think that will wrap it up for angel heart, 1987 it's directed by Alan Parker. Uh, and I think we're going to be right back and we are going to be talking the ninth gate. All right, let's do it. What have you got for me? More than I bargained for. There have been men who have been burned alive for just a glimpse of what you are about to witness. All right. Well, we are back and we are talking The Ninth Gate, the uh, 1999 uh, sort of uh, neo-noir, but kind of like a, just more yeah. of like a, a, a mystery thriller film uh, directed, produced, co-written by one uh, Roman Polanski. Uh, obviously we know from Rosemary's Baby's fame and also from rape fame, unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately, uh, I get it in infamy, 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 (laughs) there we go. This movie Uh, has a lot of that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this is obviously made, uh, when he was, uh, hiding out and is still hiding out in Europe. So this is. Uh, post. This is this is post a post allegation, post conviction, post conviction. Yeah, that's what yep. I should say. And and post. Uh, I, I forget what they call that when you run away. I, there's a legal term for that. Uh, yeah, I can't remember <laughs> it. Uh, but he's hiding out in Europe. An asshole. Uh, <laughs> hiding out in Europe and making, uh, still trying to make American films while he was out there, which is really hilarious because you can see this, the the seams of him trying to do that here. Because yeah. this movie starts out based in New York, same as. Uh, 
Angel Heart does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously he has to like reshape New York to kind of look or Europe to kind of look like New York. Yeah. And there's a lot of like not necessarily uh, I don't know if it's green screen or rear projection, but he does a lot of that kind of footage that kind of gives it this kind of fake look to make you think that way. Yeah. But weirdly enough, I actually kind of liked that aspect just because it, it felt disorienting, which did feel kind of like appropriate for the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I, I got to say, wasn't crazy about this movie, but I was crazy about like the opening like 15 minutes of it. I was yeah. really into this movie when, you, when it opened And we'll up. get to it. I won't say anything yet. But did you also like the the, the craziness in the finale? Uh, sort of. I, I, I was, will I was say that I don't know if I made the... Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I understand the connection here. But I the imagery itself, I guess, was very interesting to look at. And h- how it kind of escalates. We'll get to it, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll, well I, I gotta say... I. I'm just a big fan of any of like book nerds of, yeah. of like academia and stuff like that. Yeah. So anytime there's like a, a movie about like a, like a, like again, he's trying to like make a sort of detective neo-noir type film out of just a, uh, a book dealer mm-hmm. or a book. Uh, I forget what they could. I don't know if he's a dealer or if he's a, like a, some sort of like manager or mitigator or something yeah, like I, that. Um, he, he um, tracks down the rare books for the collectors. He's a, a I don't know. He's the middleman. The book hunter. I don't know. The book hunter. The book hunter. Yeah, the book hunter. There we go. Sounds like a show. Exactly. Um, And it it, it reminded me actually of a little bit of like sort of like a Da Vinci Code style thing, but more of like more in the realm of the occult uh, noir. Yeah, far Um, darker. (laughs) Yes. Uh, and I mean that movie, that that book and movie goes goes pretty dark too. But I gotta say, I I've never been like really big on the Da Vinci Code stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I, I was glad to see that we we book fans have another outlet for <laughs> yeah. our, our, our our book <laughs> book dealer uh, d- detective needs, and that is uh, in this film starring Johnny Depp uh, as uh, shit. What was his Dean Corso? Yeah. Well, I gotta say, I he is when he plays like just a dude. Like a human being, kind of throws that, you off now, right? Yeah, but <laughs> I also find he. Also, yeah, I also find that he he plays like real guys very dull. Like there, there's never. Or does it just feel that way because you're so used to his other? No, because he's so over top. Yeah, that's very true. I Who think knows? Plays them all the same, and yeah. and that's yeah. one yeah. of my problems with this movie. Having been a Johnny Depp fan over the years, mm-hmm. yeah, we've seen this character before. Yeah, I, I feel like anytime he plays just stuff. a dude, he's he's just kind of like this dull guy with a dope ass goatee, yeah. and you're just yeah, exactly. just kind of like I, I almost need him to be in a character. <laughs> I don't know, or maybe he needs it. I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's just yeah. the vibe I get every time. Yeah, well, yeah, and I don't. I, yeah, what you said. I don't know if it's because now we've we've gotten to know him as these outrageous characters, or if, yeah. If it's just really that dull, if it really was that dull all along, we just didn't know it. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I think yeah, we've definitely seen this character. We've seen him play this character before. Oh, definitely. And it's not that exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I was gonna say but, they they also don't make him like the most interesting character. And, 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 just, and, and, he's and just I, there to make the plot continue because he's the one trying to find the book right well, like, right, right. And, but the thing that's interesting is that they they kind of set him up as like a really interesting character yeah like yeah. uh like the, the initial scene like the the, the opening scenes people. of this movie 
the really, really uh, moody uh, suicide that takes place at the beginning of this oh, movie, yeah. where yeah. the guy stands up on his desk, he writes his kind of final note, He, uh, you see this image of sort of like the chandelier being ripped out of the wall as the guy drops off the chair and his feet hang, um, and uh, the camera slowly kind of like pans and dollies away from the feet and go into like this weird like void temple as the credits fly by you. Yeah. It's a really moody opening sequence that like nothing else in the film looks like until like <laughs> yeah. the final five minutes. I agree. Uh, <laughs> I was intrigued in the first 15. I'm like, oh, I, I, I can see maybe he's going to do some some cool camera work, some like smooth transitions in that way. But it's for the most part, a lot of establishing shots. Uh, Johnny Depp walking to a book shop and then the funniest thing is the first scene where they introduce him, he's doing something really really mean which is going into uh a a a recent i believe they say that the this guy who owned all this books recently had some sort of stroke or he's, he's kind of incapacitated right he's not healthy and his kids are selling off all of his books so they contact a book dealer looking to sell off all of his his library collection um and johnny depp goes in to investigate and beats the proper book dealers uh, there so that he can go in and investigate and basically uh, screw everyone because what he does yep. is he overvalues all of their shitty books uh, and then tells them that the the one set they have of a, uh, a original print first edition of all four copies of Don Quixote and he's like yeah this is garbage like I could <laughs> give you like three grand for all four and they're like <laughs> Yeah, okay, Three money, grand, sure, yeah. yeah, whatever. So he walks out with, like, probably, I mean, like, I don't even, I'm not even yeah, that I, into how much books are worth, and I could tell you that a first edition of Don Quixote is worth the fucking lot. <laughs> uh, he walks out with the most priceless item, and then leaves them thinking that they deserve a lot more, so that when the next book dealer comes up the elevator, <laughs> being like, yeah, I'll give you, like, 100000 for it, they think it's worth 500000 yeah. and they're like, no, we will never sell these. <laughs> so he just ruins everyone's time. He, he steals the best copy, and then he ruins the deal for any book dealers who are following just behind him, and the guy yells at him, unscrupulous, <laughs> thoroughly unscrupulous. <laughs> I feel like that sets us up for what he does at the end. Right. So kind of a person he is, you know, obvious. I mean, obviously just to, to state, to state the obvious, but that's, you know, I feel like it's, they're setting us up for, he's, he's not a nice guy. No. Yeah. And, and what's kind of interesting is that they all, they set you up though, that he's like a very well, he's a very smart person. He's very yeah. well thought. Like he orchestrated right. that and he put on that performance for those people right. and he got what he wanted. And yeah, he was a real dick about and it. And you assume <laughs> it wasn't the first time he's done that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so they established that in his character and then kind of the rest of the film, you never really see that side of him ever again for the yeah. most part until the very, obviously the big there stuff. There is one the scene end. where I will say I legitimately laughed out loud because I just, I did not understand if the tone was doing what it was doing. It's when he, walks in to the bookkeeper's place when uh, he goes, I think it's the second time he goes into the bookkeeper and he's hanging up upside down with the, the leg formation. Oh yeah, well, like like the image from and the book. And he, yeah. just, he just nonchalantly pushes the body to the side <laughs> goes into the hidden compartment, <laughs> takes all the books and then leaves. And not only that, you'd think that, okay, well maybe the scene kind of has a tone of like what he's doing is bad. The music is like like it's nonchalant like it's a completely calm and normal thing to do and i just did not like was roman like 
Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck that like, guy. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, just, I was so confused by that tone. I, did yeah. you remember what I'm talking about? No, 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 I remember the scene you're talking about. I don't remember the music, the though. Music I don't remember noticing so it. I'm trying to remember the music now. I can't remember the music. I wrote it down specifically. It was like a like a bass line or something. I can't remember now. Right, but, but, but basically, he doesn't address the fact that supposedly his friend is hanging corpse yeah. right in front of him. And, and, and he's just like, this is, is fine. I'll grab the books. Yeah, just move on. Yeah. Got, a, got a job the to do. doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy that? to me. <laughs> uh, but largely the plot follows Johnny Depp, who has been uh, paid uh, for by uh, a, a man named uh, Boris Balkin, played by uh, Frank Langella, um, who has hired him to uh, authenticate uh, the, the Satan book, the, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the Nine Gates of the Shadow Kingdom, which supposedly there are only three real copies of in the world, but according to uh, Frank Langella, maybe there is only really one authentic mm. copy. And uh, I, I love the early conversation that that he has with him where, first of all, uh, setting the tone, Boris does, the code to get into his private collection of Satan documents is 666. <laughs> and you're just like, dude, come on. Like, that's like uh, making your password yeah. password, yeah. bro. <laughs> Especially if you're like, this is my Satan collection. Like, specifically, he's leading him into the Satan archives. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, and uh, Frank Langella is doing some real, like, Christopher Lee-level, like, creepy, uh, creepy dude. Uh, yeah. And they're, they're, in, they're in this uh, <laughs> high-rise building, and uh, Johnny Depp's character is, again, being, being hired and being told uh, that he needs to authenticate the Satan book because it has been told that if you have all nine images and you put them all together and you do this ritual, you can open the, 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 the portal to hell, supposedly. And Johnny Depp poses a very important question, uh, which is basically like, like, how do you know that it's not authentic? And he's just yeah. like, have you tried to summon the devil? <laughs> and like, that was what he tried. So Johnny Depp knows from literally like minute one that he is <laughs> dealing finding, with a Satanist. Uh, yeah, he's dealing with a Satanist <laughs> trying to find the authentic Satan book so that this guy can open the portal to hell. Yeah, and I think and, and he even established in dialogue Depp. that that's what's happening. I think he even claims to Depp that it was written by Satan himself too. Yeah, so or, there's or all it, these was, layers. it was adapted from the original novel or oh, whatever okay, written yeah. by Satan. <laughs> yeah. The Satan right. wrote some weird original text and drew these images. Yeah. And then th- this author adapted those drawings and, and stuff like that. And the drawings that you even see in the book are sometimes signed Lucifer, yeah. which is a little obvious Lucifer, a little on the nose. Yeah. So. Well, it, LCF. It actually, yeah. it actually has the letters LCR, but I mean, obviously we know what that stands yeah. for. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot yeah. of things in this movie that it make it feel like a parody for yeah, me. A little bit, you know, yeah. like you guys are talking about. I'm so glad to hear you talk about this movie this way because... <laughs> That's exactly how it's I'm really using. silly. It, it is. It is, it is so silly. silly. And what's weird is that it's it's super silly, but it's taking itself very seriously. Right. Or, very. At, least, or at least Johnny Depp is. Yeah. For yeah. sure. <laughs> I have Depp. a feeling Polanski was as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just shocking. Polanski because, seems I mean, to I mean, really I mean, enjoy obviously Satan. the last time Polanski did Satan, it was Rosemary's Baby, which is probably one of the best Satan movies of all oh, time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, right. and, and much more real horror. But it's weird because all the stuff in this that 
I guess this is maybe my main distinction between it and Angel Heart because Angel Heart, weirdly enough, it was it was cool that you paired them together just because they have a similar detective structure. Oh yeah, of they investigate a lead, they talk to someone, a corpse appears, yeah. they're in over their head. What's happening? Right, it's very very similar in that nature. Yeah, it where, takes similar beats in that sense. Yeah, uh, at but, least in the first like hour. And, and I was interested, especially for the first probably like half hour, 45 minutes of the movie. I was like, okay, we're in the noir stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then it just never pivoted to horror, ever. Until like the last five minutes. Well, yeah, and, and it does so in such sort of like an obtuse, abstract way, which yeah. honestly I kind of respect. Yeah, because I mean, like, I really, he, he didn't give you any answers, so no, I'm kind of like, really, no. I, I, I respect an artist who does that, but the at the same time, all you can do then is read that stuff for silliness. Like, there's no, there's not that same character attachment that you have to Mickey Rourke, and yeah. there's not that same understanding of how devastating all of this is. There's just more of, like, this weird, more of, like, campy fun that you kind of get out of this movie than anything else when, when it, when it decides to go crazy. Yeah. And also because it, it, it. I mean, even for the fact that this came out 12 years after Angel, Angel Heart, yeah, I would say it looks worse. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I does. think so, too. Oh, especially. absolutely. It's, all, it's also odd that he tries to incorporate, like, I, he tried to almost incorporate the whole Hollywood celebrity thing, too, because there's a line where he says, like, the celebrities are doing sacrifices to Satan for, like, sexual appetite or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he, and can, then he, he has, tries to get into the cult stuff, but he never really yeah, investigates it. Almost, it. it, it there, for, like, five minutes, it almost goes Eyes Wide Shut-esque, like, where they have, like, a ritual and, like, robes and, and oh, yeah. an orgy and shit, but it's... And again, talk about another movie that doesn't let you in on what really happened. That, yeah. th- that's, again, a more obtuse, abstract look into... Uh, you know, and, but, but again, there's something, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, with, with eyes wide shut, there is that sense of like, again, you're, you're in Tom Cruise's head while he's going on this yeah. descent and you feel that horror. You feel that character. And, and yeah. it also stemming from like this weird kind of like clinical. That really like, does feel like, like just the guide to be there so you can go <laughs> through the plotting. Well, like, and, and, and Tom Cruise also has that adventure. kind of like unhinged uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. thing that happens to him. And again, Kubrick it. has that kind of clinical style, which when all of a yeah, sudden of you course. mix in that, that, that horniness and that abstract and that violence. <laughs> Violence, like you get a really weird mix of of feelings and tones and mm-hmm. eyes wide shut that make that movie so amazing. Yeah, uh, and and in this you have like the same plot elements and but like none of and that. I guess it leads to the same thing. It, it kind of does. Kinda. I don't know. For me, I again, just didn't really understand what his overall like point was with with the film. I also have no really. idea what he was feeling when it come came to the ending. Yeah, like are you enjo- are you right. enjoying the sex with the demon lady or, <laughs> or are you not? I have right. no idea. He's he looks he, mostly kind of like, confused. Like, I mean, this is cool. But <laughs> But I, this is definitely weird. <laughs> like you just I, I could not get a vibe on it. There's him. a total <laughs> non-reaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I and was, she's I changing into a, an alien, and then two different women and shit. It's craziness. But I just yeah. don't know how it connects to anything. That's where I get confused, <laughs> right? Where I'm like, I I do like it. It looks cool <laughs> and weird, and it's a it's an odd uh, you know thought. But I just don't see the connections with what I don't get the theme. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I just don't understand really. Besides the just like making a Satan movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm I with you. So. Yeah. So I have no answers for you, my okay, friend. That's what, that's what I'm kind of reaching for. I'm like, so anybody got answers? You got anything, Michelle? I'm like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm lost here. <laughs> I wish I'm I did. Lost boy. I, I, my husband loves this movie, so I mean, and I 
still love him, but um, <laughs> you know, I just, I have never understood. I mean, well, first, I don't know. There's, oh my gosh, there's a lot to get into here, but yeah. um, Frank Langell is the best part of this movie. I'm just going to say that, get that out of the way. He, right he's now. absolutely the best performance in the movie without question. Is he, is he the, the one that sets Johnny on to yes. this? Oh yeah. He's yeah, got a great scene the, where he like, he feels like he's become powerful, like he's got Satan's power or some yeah. shit, and then he burns himself. Burns <laughs> like he's like, oh, wait, no, I don't have those powers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. It like, it's like... There was a bit of horrifying moment in there, but it's also kind of funny. <laughs> that was a lot of this movie for me. Like, a lot of it was like, I, yeah. s- I see the reaching for horror, yeah. and I get why in another movie this would be horror, <laughs> yeah. but it wasn't. I was laughing. Like, the, the funniest... I was either bored or kind of laughing. I literally like yeah, like yeah, cackled so. and had to pause the movie at that bit where he uh, he he suddenly wakes up because this is there, there's a bit where he's he's checking out the other owners of these books yeah. and he's uh, trying to uh, compare the books to authenticate them and he goes to the old lady's house where she has the book where seemingly they put on the weird like sex cults right. that and they're, they're Satan sex cults but like they're, they're less they're they're sort of like secular like they don't actually believe in the whole portal shit they just love to have sex parties <laughs> yeah uh, and, and, and and they, right. they, they and so like Satan. so like right. that's the whole thing with them uh but uh he gets knocked unconscious by someone while he's comparing the books and he wakes up and he sees the old lady in the wheelchair and she's kind of like kind of like running into the wall a little bit and oh, yeah. he goes over and he pulls her over and she's got this kind of like disfigured face because she's it been, was like the ring face yeah she's, she's just been murdered and and you're kind of like oh okay i like i guess that's scary yeah but the, the first thing he does is he kind of like kind of like falls over a little bit and it kind of like wheels her out oh yeah and and, and she she immediately <laughs> like like it, it's like someone like launched her out of the room through the doors right. where she catches on fire i completely <laughs> forgot <laughs> i'm telling I you in my notes is, uh, that i started so laughing helpful to talk to you guys more. and hear that you view this movie the same way that i have viewed it <laughs> since 1999 because like was roman polanski trying to make a comedy like yeah. i know i, mean, I don't think so some question. of the tonal shit is so weird and confusing sometimes i'm like because no. we know roman can do it so yeah. it's like I just, it, some of it is, is really flabbergasting at times. It is. And you just, yeah, you laugh. A lot of it was, uh, yeah, I laughed out loud during a lot. Of this yeah. movie. A lot of it is genuinely funny and it's not scary at all. And I'm just, I'm not sure what he was going for. Yeah, Johnny Depp looks bored, you know, he looks kind so of walking bored. through the movie collecting like, I don't think he emotes one time and to get to the end. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. I've, like I've, I've never seen a guy less scared to be like uncovering a Satan demon cult. Yeah. And not only uh, is it like just people like trying to do witchcraft and failing or some shit like, or, or just like weird, uh, like uh, spiritual circles or something. Yeah. We see a woman float so he's very aware that magic is now real in this world and he's still right. not emoting at all. No. Like it's like, yeah, guy, you just, just saw a demon girl float in the air. That's got to be new for you, right? Maybe you should react. by everything. He, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I mean, I think he has a reaction out of Johnny Depp for yeah. this entire movie. And then still at the end, like you, like you brought up before, you're not really sure how he feels about how, the outcome. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, why? And you're not even really sure what the outcome is. Like, did did he open the portal? And then and then what's weird is when he goes <laughs> yeah. into the portal, the light portal, it seems like a heavenly portal. Yeah, like, it's I just go, it just fades to white. Yeah. 
I'm like, that looks you like know, heaven. I argued with my husband about this, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we oh, yeah. about because when I picked it, we had watched it recently. I said, I'm not watching it again. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I dislike. He's like, oh, he was actually disappointed. But um, but yeah, that's how much my husband loves this movie. But yeah, we that's actually so interesting. But what, had a debate it, about the light at the end. Yeah. Like if it, what, what, what was his case? Or demonic light. That's, yeah. Did he did he give a, a take? I'm just he, curious. Yeah. He, uh, he, he, he may be more confused. <laughs> I was like, I wish he was here right now. I'd have him tell you. Yeah. But, uh, I just, yeah, he made me more confused about what happened at the end. But, uh, because I just assumed that, you know, Johnny Depp opened the, the, the satanic gateway or whatever, yeah. you know, and, you know, achieved, I don't know satanic enlightenment i don't know what the right words are yeah i don't know what the word is for <laughs> satanic satanic enlightenment. Enlightenment. that's awesome that's I don't awesome know. yeah but um that could be a metal song usually yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah because you're not, you're not sure what what he's really after here because again he's kind of right. taking taking the money but you're not even really sure that he's that interested in the money or that he's that interested in yeah because it becomes confusing whether he's doing it for money or because he's intrigued or by because, what he's, he's well, finding because he doesn't out. actually seem that intrigued but, but also, he still keeps Going. But that's also, he doesn't seem to want to get out. Like this is yeah, like polar. This, so <laughs> this is the polar opposite of how Mickey yeah, Rourke plays the same kind of d- d- yeah. detective story, which is first of all, he's only in it for the money. Yeah, and then second of all, the second things like the first time a body shows up, he's like, "I'm fucking out. That's terrifying. I could be framed." Yeah. yeah. Well, and, well, and he, he even says like, "The closest I come to death is like when I see the." The, the the morgue vehicles go by or whatever yeah. basically yeah. he's like i'm i'm not here for this uh right. and and again the the way that he sort of like sweats and 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 shows you his sense of fear but also shows you that he you know he he is commanding and will do the job uh yeah. you just you get absolutely nothing out of johnny depp here you just get him walking through the plot and again this movie's also really long it's like two hours I was and 15 gonna, minutes and, and can i say too that there is way too much time with establishment shots like he does like every time he goes into any area it's like a 10 second frame on wa- johnny walking into a bookshop and eventually i just don't care well, well I, I gotta say and a, a huge part of this i think is because roman plants he couldn't shoot on location for a lot of this stuff so maybe you this feel like, like this, he was this, trying this, really hard to establish those areas here's the location yeah is kind of what he's it, trying it to felt, say i felt that i felt like the, like he was doing way more location shots than were necessary but meanwhile like the inside of like the the, the bookshops are kind of like like non-specific yeah like they're i don't know it's, they it's, look it, very similar it's really strange because again if we're going to compare this again to angel heart again a huge part of that is both the new york harlem detail yeah. of that and then obviously the big new the orleans detail to new yeah orleans, like and yeah. you can tell a huge difference between those two locations and and, those... and, and, and the, the production design and everything that they chose to do on that and also you can kind of feel in the tone of the movie, the kind of like dirtiness and sweatiness yeah. and, and how people feel in those places. And plus those location changes make sense even with the story because it's like New York, you have the noir thing. And then yeah. once we get to New Orleans, we start getting into the voodoo and the supernatural, which makes yeah. sense with those cities and yeah. themselves. But with right. this, it's just kind of like this international, <laughs> you know, mis- mystery journey that it just 
you don't feel like when you go to locations, you don't feel them. You don't feel like they're well, important. no, because what I think honestly is he shot it all in one place, and yeah. then he took all of these and shots, to make being them like, look, look at all these different places. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Depp's doing a, a globe trotting thing, and I can tell that well, eventually, Roman, maybe you shouldn't have been such a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could have filmed in <laughs> America. You could have actually filmed in America. <laughs> Uh, but but the, the funniest thing is there you can even tell that there's parts where he lost Johnny Depp like maybe Johnny Depp had to go back to America because oh, no joke yeah, yeah. if you go back you can see shots where it, it's following behind Johnny Depp's character's head uh, oh, really? and it's not him. Wow. Okay. Yep. That's got it. Yeah. What? That's yeah. Absolutely. There's. Has a, there's. To be it. How have I not noticed that? Oh my. I guess because this movie is just is. I can <laughs> I'm probably the, the main one. I, I actually had moments. to rewind to double check, and a hundred percent, it's not Johnny Depp because the guy even turns his face enough for you to see it's not Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh shit. And, and, and it's it's the shot where they he's trying to get into a cab, and then the mm. weird like. You think that she's like a guardian angel, but really she's like a Satan angel. Uh, <laughs> she pulls up in like the the red sports car and picks him up. The, right, the shot the where Porsche, he's trying right. to like hail down a cab, uh, where he runs into the street and he's like, "I need to get a cab." That's not Johnny Depp. And then all of a sudden, wow. when it when it when it reverse <laughs> shots where she pulls up to pick him up, yeah. it's Johnny Depp who gets into the car. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, you're gonna make me have to watch this movie again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I like for real. I, really I, I, I checked three times and a hundred percent it's not Johnny Depp. Because That's either incredible. either either he lost well, him for the day. Yeah. Or Johnny Depp wasn't in the location where he shot the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. This is so oh unlike a Polanski film, from what I've experienced. No, it's it, it's really poorly stitched together. And I and I, I again yeah. I, I will say that I, I did get uh, a certain value out of kind of how 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 fake and silly it looked when yeah, it get, yeah. when it, when it gets into the Satan stuff yeah. because as soon as we get yeah. to the final castle stuff I liked that I was into the final castle stuff yeah. when when they're having these this big showdown where he's authenticated the book uh, or or he his theory is anyway that across all three books three images. Uh, in each one are real, and if you rip the three out of each one and you put the nine together, you'll get the real Lucifer drawings, right. um, which will then be used to to open the portal. And when he goes to the castle, and it seems like maybe he actually got the castle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <Yes>. uh, <laughs> Good for which him. Which only my husband seems to know the answer to, and I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I still don't know what it is, what the answer is. But. but yeah, then you get like a weird like Scooby Doo showdown <laughs> where like they're just like you're the behind this, and then like the other guy, the cult guy, comes out with a gun, and she's just like pointed at them, uh, yeah. and and then Franklin Jella shows up, and then everyone kind of dies, but Franklin Jella takes all of the the nine images and takes them up into the tower, and he summons. Seemingly, he summons the, the the portal to hell, and he gets so sort of like uh, enthralled by his own summoning and how much of a genius he is. He, he kind of yeah. gets a little overblown, too big for his britches, yeah, and, he, he's, and, he, and he's like, "I'm just gonna pour gasoline on myself just and to see prove what happens." How awesome I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then he stands there on fire, on very fake fire, screaming on the top at the top of his my, lungs, and it's I amazing. I will say my favorite part is his realization that pain is happening yeah. because he's just like he I feel him, nothing. Oh himself. wait, and then, yeah. And I think he even has like an oh wait moment where he's kind of like oh oh shit, and then he just starts panicking. And it's, I mean, it is horrifying if you were like there. 
you know, watching a man do but, that. But but, but, but it is farcical looking at it from Johnny funny. Depp's point of view. Yeah, it's pretty funny because you're because <laughs> you watch this guy and you think, oh, this guy might actually be a threat or something, and then he goes and sets himself on fire and kills himself. And it's it, it just takes away the, the, the horror of it, I guess. And yeah, and then you have no idea whether the Satan stuff is supposed to be real or whether all these people yeah. are just fucking nuts. But then <laughs> Roman Polanski, who's cast his wife as like this weird... Is that the demon girl? Yeah, the, de- the, the, the oh. blonde demon girl. Yeah, I didn't know that was his wife. Girl. Yeah, she just called the girl and she has... She, it is established frequently that she has supernatural abilities, yeah. including martial arts yeah <laughs> that one part where she just starts like pummeling the shit out of a dude who's trying to take him out and like flying down the stairs yeah yeah and it's such and a he, it's such a weird thing Johnny to Depp include too, that's which never brought up <laughs> yeah no absolutely it's man. so and and then again the the fine kind of like the final scene like is so johnny depp tones. getting uh hardcore ridden on oh yeah by her completely well, she, well, naked she in the field into a, two different girls and a demon and like i and, will and, say yeah. i really liked the the face morphing i thought yeah. that that was pretty creepy well, yeah, and, cool. and, and she looks like the girl from the drawing who's riding like the three-headed right. behemoth or whatever it is yeah. right. from the satan drawing yeah. but right. the, and then there, there's an image of the castle on fire and they're having sex in the field and it's it's a pretty like moody kind of cool yeah. looking image definitely demonic uh, but then there's a close-up of johnny depp's face being like feeling nothing or like Still, uncertain it's like <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't emote this one time this scene this is like the pivotal scene it seems for your character and you're still as confused as you were in the beginning of the movie yeah he's just like okay so there's maybe satan but there's not but i shot the guy maybe who lit himself on fire maybe and now i'm having sex what we're feeling it's just, he's just as confused as we are and yeah. he's just kind of like uh okay yeah okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's it he's just he's he's fine with it yeah it, it's the weirdest thing <laughs> I mean, his character starts out, he is obviously introduced being an asshole in the beginning of the movie. So, you know, it kind of, I guess, does make sense the way it ends when he opens the portal or whatever. Um, I mean, I guess maybe we're supposed to assume he wanted the power. Yeah. or something, but, but, but what's weird is like, why would you no want to? I literally have no idea hell. what he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? cared enough to want that. Yeah. Honestly, that's always been my interpretation of this movie is this character just didn't give a shit. I, you know, he was just doing just, it for I the don't money. know why he did this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think it was just for the money, the way he acts, because he's, so, yeah. he's like a mercenary the whole time, just totally emotional. Right, but then as soon as he gets in over his head and he's like, is this worth the money? He doesn't like, like there's no there's no he's drama like, let's of just that. go back home. like there's not that scene like in angel heart where mickey rourke goes back to robert de niro and is like going, this shit yeah. isn't worth it and then he's yeah. like okay i'll double it and then he's like right. oh okay well, I'm poor. yeah so it makes sense you're yeah. like okay well that makes sense with just with this character even if he's seen some shit he might still want well yeah and, and and the thing is is that it feels wrong and he knows that it feels wrong but it's yeah. worth it for him for the money that he's going to keep right. going exactly. whereas you don't get you don't you feel don't, any of that for john you don't even honestly don't feel that things are necessarily motivation. wrong because again in the opening scene in the opening scenes we set up that johnny depp knows that he's dealing with a Satanist who really believes that he's going to summon a portal to hell. Like they established that in conversation in the opening scene. So there's no like surprise when we get to the big end when he's just like, yeah, he did exactly what you, he, you pretty much thought he was going to do. Yeah. uh, And he's the exact person you said he was and he presented himself to be. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just weird. I just don't know what he was trying to say with the movie. No clue at all. 
I don't either. <laughs> I, I wish I wish I had the answer. Yeah, yeah. maybe 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 get, get your husband to write a piece on it, and we'll <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll read it in like a short yeah, mini we'll, episode or we'll, something. We'll, we'll figure it out because honestly. I would I would want to pick the brain of someone who genuinely loves. I mean, I, cause yeah. I I looked up the prevailing opinions on the movie, and there's not a lot of not a lot of love for it. I will say, mo- yeah. mo- most people are pretty kind of like what <laughs> yeah. to like kind of fun. I saw in a lot a way. of like threes and, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's that. My husband loves this movie. He was so excited that I picked it, and I said, "Honey, that's not why I picked it." <laughs> um, I'm sorry to get you excited, but no, it just fits in the genre, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think we might angle towards the reductive rating round on this one. Uh, For me, believe it or not, I think I'm still going with the with with the low three on this one. Okay, uh, because Why? because because we were pretty negative uh, on 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 the movie through. I'm still struggling, but yeah, I got I gotta say I, uh, I I did get my own kind of campy pleasure out of it. Okay, uh, in in the sense of what we were kind of talking about with the silliness and the kind of comedy of it almost and that's not necessarily to say that it was because I, I actually don't think that it was all completely unintentional i think that roman polanski it, yeah. because apparently roman polanski didn't want to even do the movie apparently oh, he, really apparently he thought the material was like below him in a sense so i i do oh. feel like you kind of get a little bit of that in that he is trying to hype up how it's absurd weird. a lot of this is yeah. um, and how kind of confusing it is. So I feel like some of that is intentional, but it also didn't have to be as boring as it is in the middle chapters. It's too long. To uh, it's just- I, I just, there, there's too much Johnny Depp doing the mystery stuff and not learning very much and doing and not doing anything. <laughs> well, that like, well, yeah, but, but having all this thrown out every him. time Polanski threw in something like crazy, like like the girl f- floating down the stairs and doing martial arts, yeah. Or uh, as it, 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 getting drop kicking Johnny Depp from the or, top or of the, the, the the wheelchair, like being launched into the room and catching on fire, and like you know, every <laughs> once in a while, once once it seemed like Johnny Depp was in in over his head, even though you don't get much of a reaction out of him. You, uh, I was able to get into that because I was so confused as well that I was kind of just like, yeah, I, I don't know what my reaction to any of this would be either, but also they just, they didn't set him up as much of a character to have much yeah, of a reaction. I don't know. It, it, it was kind of a weird thing where like, I, th- I, I thought the movie, I wasn't having a super great time watching it, but once I kind of ended up going back and, thinking about the movie and describing because it's sa- it I admit it sounds a little batshit when we're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, and I did get a little bit of fun out of that. Uh, that was, that's what my struggle was. I was kind of like when I was re I watched it and I kind of went, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I liked that. And then I reread my notes and I, and I was laughing and I was like <laughs> almost like more entertained by, by talking about it and, yeah. and reminiscing about it. Yeah. I mean, but I just it, don't know if it, I can like it, say, it, I it's like still it. very weird and kind of obtuse in it a is, way that I yeah. kind of respect. Yeah. I agree uh, with and, that. And, and had a good time with, for sure. uh, but would I be rewatching this for the fun of it? Absolutely not. Uh, yeah. but, but for, for, a, for a one time watch, I can't say that I was completely, completely, bored by it in any capacity like i i was definitely i mean to be fair i was really into it for about 30 minutes or 45 minutes i was just shocked at around the time that you would think stuff start should start happening and that the plot was revealing stuff yeah the the tone just never really switched to horror or got scary it just kind of got silly and absurd and i 
I don't. I still kind of actually got a little bit of value out of how absurd it, uh, yeah. it, it got, and uh, because it gets so silly and absurd, Johnny Depp uh, being just kind of like confused and unreactive actually kind of made a little bit of sense to me uh, as a viewer. Yeah. Whether that's intentional or not is a whole other thing, but that ended yeah. up working a little bit for me. So I'm gonna give it um, with a, a notably low end, but I'm gonna give it the three. Nice, nice. Um, oh man. I don't. I'm still like. You I'm, can, you I'm can like, go high too. I'm I would expect it. I think I'm going to. <laughs> I just here's the thing. It's it's weird that I feel like I'm gonna give it the high too, but I also feel like because of this conversation, I'm not gonna thoroughly rewatch this movie. But I do kind of feel like putting it on again, <laughs> just to see if I can, you know, kick it up to that three. Maybe maybe that this talk and and the the entertainment. The entertaining parts that are in the film will will do enough for me. Just right now, with all the negative things we had to say, I guess it's the only things that I can really remember loving is that first like fifteen minutes trying to establish a Johnny Depp character, and then the last fifteen minutes with all the like the satanic stuff. The I mean, the sex scene is crazy. It's fucking batshit. You're watching, you know, a demon having sex with a with a mortal in front of a burning castle. I mean, you know, that's that's metal. So like that. But uh, it's just, I guess it's the middle. It's like that hour and a half in between where he's just going from bookshop to bookshop. And well, and, and it's also a, a lot of bored. him hanging out in like hotel rooms. And yeah, like, there's not, that's another thing. It's like not even the, the places he goes are all that interesting. No, you it's know? not like, it's not like he's going to like a spooky haunted house or like, right. uh, yeah. So right now I'm going to give it the high two. I might, I might throw it on just in the background, <laughs> see if I can get a, get it up to the three, but yeah, right two. now I'm going to give it the high two. I mean, especially if we're going to compare it to the, the, it came out the same year as eyes wide shut. Like, come on. Yeah, 1999. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah too. Like, come on. <laughs> come on, Shut is so good. What the fuck, dude? Oh, All man. right, for you, Michelle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I I want. I, I think I'm going to go with 2.5, only because I, I feel <laughs> guilty for giving it a 2, and I just can't bring myself to give it a 3. But um, and I've seen this movie numerous times over the years, and uh, I think I'm, I, I liked it better when, when it first came out, or something. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's interesting. Johnny Depp was actually cool in 1999. So maybe that was why, maybe, yeah. you know, it totally went past me that, you know, he just, he wasn't really acting. Yeah. He didn't really <laughs> seem to give a shit about this performance at all. No. And there's like, we talked about, there's so many tonally prop, tonally things going on in the film yeah. that confusing, like we're, you know, what direction was planting? What, you know, what was his, what was his intention with this film? Because I yeah. have no idea. And I really would like to know um, as many times as I've seen it. And um, yeah, just the silly stuff didn't work for me. Um, I th- a lot of it was just really, yeah, felt like a parody. It just, there wasn't any, anything, you know, horror about this movie uh, yeah, a lot of it, like you said, it's it's long. A lot of it's just not even interesting. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I got to say that the stretches where Johnny Depp is just kind of like Going doing doing the place. mystery stuff in yeah. like a nondescript location. You're kind of like, okay, we're just like moving the plot forward. Like yeah, that's all that's yeah. happening here. Like there's right. a big you're, chunk you're not, in the middle. You're not getting anything out of the detail of the location. You're not getting anything out of his character. And even even the people he comes across aren't particularly memorable, which yeah. is strange because like Frank Langella is a presence. Yeah. It's just weird that like yeah, none of, none of, none of, none of the best 
the best part about this movie. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You, so, so you would think you would think the other people who own Satan Satan books would also be just as interesting people. Yeah, but yeah. The, it's not. I'm sure it's not the, your average Joe that's get you know collecting these novels. No. <laughs> so so I, yeah, no. The only I, I did like the old lady in the wheelchair because she's yeah. the one who admits that because she's the one who has like is she the one who has the because her place I think isn't so yeah she, she has the yeah, the, the uh-huh. real authentic she, book I think. Yeah, she yeah. she has three of the images, but uh, her her whole thing about how like they're having just the, the sex cult meeting soon, and like that it's not really about the the book aspect and stuff like that, like the authenticating the Satan aspect and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, w- was pretty interesting, and then how that ends up going south. But again, also it's all still wrapped in a mystery, like how those people all ended up dying. Like you're supposed yeah. to assume that like. Satan maybe has something to do with it, but it's not really. That's true. But, I don't but, think but, they but, ever... but Satan is also like protecting Johnny Depp because that's the girl, and also so is Frank Langella like running around murdering these people. It's it's it. Yeah, they never solve true. any of this stuff. Yeah, that's true. I, I never even thought know. of that. Like who was killing the bodies? <laughs> no. <laughs> Good point. Honestly, after having this conversation, I want to go back and watch it just to see if I can pick up on what you mentioned. The parts where it's not Johnny Depp. Yeah, there, the there, there, there might even because be more. I, only... myself, I didn't notice that as many times as I've seen this stupid movie over the years. And I, I never noticed that. So, well, it's, yeah. it's just obvious because yeah. it's not his hair because he has like a light brown hair. And the guy has like a darker brown, like a darker <laughs> oh. brown to almost black looking hair. Yeah. So it looks totally different. But, you know, I only spotted it once. It might even be in there more. But you can tell that Roman Polanski is affected by the fact that he he has he's restrained in where he can shoot, yeah, because yeah. he's a criminal because <laughs> yeah, he deserves yeah. it. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't feel that bad for you, Polanski. Yeah. And uh, I, I I gotta say, uh, Rosemary's Baby, Polanski, this this ain't it, yeah, uh, for yeah. sure. So I agree. <laughs> I think that might wrap it for the Ninth Gate. So that was uh, Angel Heart, nineteen eighty seven, the Ninth Gate, ninety nine. Michelle Michelle, thanks so much for for joining us. If yeah, you've got anything to fun. plug, this is the place to do it. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, just I'm working on a bunch of stuff right now. Um, just uh, I'm just doing a lot of um, interviews, uh, horror interviews, filmmakers and actors and things like that. And um, yeah, I, I saw that you interviewed. Uh, oh crap! What's his name? Halloween. Uh, Nick Castle. Nick Castle. Oh, cool. Yeah, the guy, he's under, awesome. the guy under the mask, right? Yes. That's cool. Very awesome. cool. So the guy who came back for the 2018 original Michael Myers from 1978. That's so cool. Yeah, I remember seeing it. I had a great chat with him. He was I was super nervous. I was like, "This is is it <laughs> to be nervous about this? I'm talking to the shape. Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool. He was he was really nice and really laid back and down to earth and just yeah, super super nice guy. We had a great talk. But yeah, I just I'm working mainly on interviews and um, doing some film reviews in between. And um, just, I guess I would just say that people can find me. I'm always on Dread Central, Nightmarish Conjurings, HorrorNews.net, and shortly I will be joining a site called Ghastly Gritting. Cool. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, if you want to keep up with any of that work, you can find Michelle also on Twitter at at RedheadFromMars. And I'm sure they can find all your work getting posted there. For uh, our listeners, though, what are we doing in, in one week here, Jamie? We are doing uh, a patron episode uh, for all you bonus episode listeners Absolutely. over there. That shit crazy. You one. guys get a crazy episode. Uh, for the third time on this show, we are doing Mr. Ken Russell. Yes. Uh, Altered States 1980. 
is the film that we are going to be doing, and we are going to be pairing it with Shinya Tsukamoto's Tetsuo, the Iron Man from nineteen eighty nine. Some 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 them. weirdly unhinged, psychedelic, vaguely body horrorish yeah. uh, kind of films. We're we're doing that uh, specifically because in two weeks' time. So for, uh, that's for uh, our bonus listeners over at patreoncom podcast. But that episode is setting up our next episode in two weeks with a guest. We are going to be talking uh, uh, Neo Tokyo. Uh, Sweet. Uh, shenanigans. We are going to be talking Akira. Okay. The yeah, I've heard anim- of that. The, the uh, anime film. And then we are going to be talking the sequel uh, to Tetsuo the Iron Man. Oh, Tetsuo sick. Body Hammer. Dude, I am so excited. Uh, so uh, Jamie and I for a long time have been wanting to do Tetsuo the Iron Man and Altered States. So we bumped up that episode uh, so that we could talk about Tetsuo before we talk about uh, the sequel to Tetsuo. Yeah. So for all you bonus listeners, you guys uh, will definitely be hearing about Tetsuo the Iron Man, which I highly recommend listening to that conversation. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be a good especially one. before we get into Tetsuo Body Hammer in two weeks time. Uh, but that's the next two weeks on the show. Uh, I think that's it. Thanks so much for listening, guys, as always. Uh, and keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy. <laughs>